0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the third Sunday in Advent, and that means we get to finally light the pink candle. Now, the pink candle is a little confusing because being that it's a different colored candle than the rest, we assume it should be number one or number four to begin or end with, but for some reason it's number three. The pink candle represents joy. Because this is the Sunday of joy in Advent. Now, all the other candles are also associated with a different theme. So why joy gets its own special candle and why it's the third Sunday, I seriously have absolutely no idea. If any of you know any of this history, I would love to learn about it. I don't know where this comes from. But it does give a great opportunity for us today to talk about joy. And I'm going to go about doing that a little bit differently today. You see, I could begin by trying to come up with examples of common experiences that we would all say are experiences of of gladness and of mirth. Maybe it's a bowl of ice cream, or maybe it's a, a bonfire along a lake shore somewhere else. But rather than me trying to come up with experiences that might resonate with you, I'm going to have you all share experiences of joy, if you're willing to do so. And they can be very, very broad. It can be as broad as just saying, you know, a good meal just brings me a sense of joy inside. Or it can be extremely specific. The dimples on your grandkids' face when they smile when you do X, Y, and Z. But I'll ask, what are things that bring you joy? What are things that create a sense of gladness inside? And if there's silence here for a while, all that means to me is just you need more time to think. So what brings you joy? Right, We've got two already. Uh, go ahead. We'll start on the left and go across. Go ahead, Edessa. Playing with cousins. Okay. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Playing with joy the answered. So we have... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of odd because it's enjoyed the Hamster. So a little bit of context. Uh, our kids are taking care of a, a classroom hamster over winter break. And the hamster's name is Joy. So playing with Joy gives you joy. Uh, go ahead and Norma, and then we'll come over. Chocolate. 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 <laughs> Chocolate. A few yeah, yeah. nods there as well. New yeah. more and newborn babies. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Go ahead, Zipporah, and then we'll come up to Marie. Halloween. Halloween. All right, Halloween. Yeah, lots of fun things going on there for you. Go ahead, Marie. Dessert. Dessert. Okay, <laughs> thank you. All right, moving back. Yeah. Singing. Singing. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Becky. Families. That- <laughs> Families that- Sorry, I said Becky, but I heard Jackie. I'm probably not enunciating very well. Thank you, Jackie. Go ahead, Becky. Grandchildren. Grandchildren. Wonderful. Other experiences of joy. Go ahead, Alida. Candy, yeah. (laughs) Candy. Go ahead, Odessa. Making bonfires at camp. Making bonfires at camp and making s'mores, especially. Okay, go ahead, Zipporah. Family reunions because they're huge. Yes, Uh, wonderful. Go ahead, Odessa. Okay, go sledding at grandpa's house, at my dad's house. Other experiences of joy, sense of gladness or mirth. Go ahead, Helen. stars and, and sunshine and all that, but also now the change in sound of going from silence to something more quiet. Gary in the back. Children laughing. Children laughing. Right, wonderful. Yeah, go ahead, Odessa. Seeing nature. seeing nature. Okay, just the outdoors. All that up. Drawing. So the act of drawing brings you joy. Great. Any other experiences of gladness or joy? Go ahead, Zipporah. Christmas Day, that is coming soon, too. Yeah. <laughs> coming soon. Helen. <sighs> <sighs> I didn't hear it, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so being, being with family on those uh, special circumstances or holidays and the like. Any others? Go ahead, Marie. Okay. Yeah. So probably a sense of relief, but man, you know, a sense of uh, excitement and joy with that too. Go ahead, Alyssa. Playing Minecraft often something you do with cousins as well. Aletta and then we'll come over. Going to the children's museum. Yeah. Going lots of Go ahead. Staying in bed. Staying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Staying in bed. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was something that, honestly, even on Sunday morning, some days it's like, man, it would be nice to stay in bed some days, have that day off, that rest. So go ahead, it. The first snow. The first snow. First snow. Go ahead, and no Snowball fights. Snowball fights. <laughs> All right. We're going to kind of close off one last one Let it Go ahead. Make it I missed that one. Making an cool. You guys do that, You actually started the day before when there was probably a dusting of snow, but you were out there working to make an igloo. And what joy there is in that. Our joy is often attached to tangible things, right? Tangible things. And when I say tangible, I don't just mean that you can touch it, but it touches our senses. We experience gladness through our sight, through our nose and smell, taste, sound, touch, all sorts of things. And this makes a lot of sense. It, it makes sense because we are human creatures. We are created as part of this vast creation. God places us in it so that we can enjoy it, right? Take care of it, but also enjoy it. Enjoy food, enjoy relationships, enjoy the many things that all of you share. Right? This makes sense. These experiences can fill us up with a sense of mirth and sometimes maybe even want us, uh, move us to want to sing out for joy. Something that I find very remarkable about joy in our passages from Scripture today is especially the words of the prophet Zephaniah. The prophet Zephaniah is talking about this coming return out of exile. The exile hasn't even taken place yet. He's just looking to the future, that God's going to be bringing the people home. And in the midst of doing so, he describes God as being happy. But not just like happy with a smile on his face, but so filled up to the brim with excitement that he is bursting forth in song. And why? Because he's considering his people, of which we are a part today, right? When God considers his people in this passage, he's not angry, he's not disappointed, he is filled up with joy because he is thinking about the salvation and the restoration that he is going to be bringing about. When God is filled with joy, he moves to restore. And what's remarkable about that is that when God is joyful and brings restoration, it creates experiences for his people that also fill them up with mirth and gladness. He's talking about bringing the people home. Nobody mentioned this, and that's fine, but I imagine many of us have an experience of joy when we go home after being gone while. Some of that might be a two-week vacation. Others of you may have had experiences of being away from home for months on end or for even a year or more, right? Returning home brings with it a whole host of emotions. These experiences of familiar food, familiar scenery, familiar and comfortable place. God promises to bring his people home. His joy moves him to bring restoration. And that creates tangible experiences of joy for his people. This is the same as we move into the New Testament when it comes to Jesus. God's joy is on an even greater display in his son, Jesus Christ. And I don't think we often think about this. I at least know that I don't often think about this. I don't think much about the mood of Jesus as he's going around and healing crowds. And part of that might be because the Greek ancient writers of the New Testament, it wasn't common for them to talk about emotions in the same way that we do today. Yes, at times we hear about Jesus being filled with compassion or being angry, but we don't hear much about how he is when he's going around towards the crowds. And I I doubt that he was sort of like dragging his feet begrudgingly being like, you're healed, yeah, you can be healed too, right? Instead, Zephaniah's words invite us to imagine that Jesus is God's joy being complete as he goes around restoring people's bodies. It is an act of God's gladness and mirth to step into the creation and start opening blind eyes and healing lame legs and opening deaf ears and raising the dead and proclaiming good news to the poor. God's joy brings about tangible experiences of restoration for the people in Jesus. And when he does so, it creates these experiences of joy for the people as well, right? God's joy brings a response of joy. When the blind's eyes are open, what do they do? They start shouting out with excitement. When someone with lame legs is healed by Jesus, they don't just stand up and stand there. They start jumping, and they start dancing around and praising God because that experience has so filled them with mirth and gladness. God's promises of salvation are tied to the tangible, and that is still the case for us today. These promises of God in Christ by his crucifixion we have the forgiveness of sins, and by his empty tomb, we have the promise of resurrection. These two things together, in some respects, are God's great big happy stamp upon human creatures, of how glad and joyful he is over us as his people. And when we think about the forgiveness of sins, I think sometimes we sort of Make that untangible. Like we take it, the forgiveness of sins away from the aspect of being a creature, away from our bodies, away from our relationships, as if it's something that's sort of out there. But when God forgives sins, it's not simply about removing sin, it is about empowering us to be able to go into our lives and enjoy what He has created, right? When we have our sins forgiven, It is God saying, I want you to be able to be fully human and to enjoy the many things that you have shared, whether it's a day off or staying in bed or playing with cousins or going out into a cabin and enjoying quiet or singing, whatever it is. The forgiveness of God is God working to restore humanity so we can continue to live as human creatures. And the resurrection... The resurrection of the body is just one more huge thumbs up to being able to do these things. Because when the resurrection of the body comes about, we get to continue doing all of these things. But in an even greater and fuller way, without sin, without sickness, without death. Paul in his letter to the church in Philippi that we heard a moment ago has what I would consider to be a fairly quotable or famous passage. Many of you might actually even have it on the cards in your house or on plaques. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Again, I say to you, rejoice. This does not mean that we need to be going around in this place of gladness with a smile on our face all the time, or that we need to be in this heightened state of happiness all the time that's not possible and it's not healthy for us as human creatures either. But Paul is hearkening to this idea that because of the forgiveness of sins and because of the promise of the resurrection, there is this foundational joy that we live in. And though we may not experience happiness all the time, that foundational joy does move us to experience these Aspects of gladness in our life in a new way, right? When we experience desserts or grandkids or whatever it is, we get to remember that those are experiences that God is excited about. It's why he's restoring humanity so we can enjoy creation. That we can enjoy family, and community, and the many things that he has created us for. Now, the world is obviously not always a joyful place. There is still harm, there is still pain, there is still brokenness as well. And those are a reality for us that we live in, and sometimes joy isn't always with a smile, sometimes it's with tears and with aspects of pain in life today. But as we celebrate Advent, and as we move towards closing out, lighting the rest of these candles as a symbol of completion... As we do so, we remember that Christ has not only come once into this world, but that he is returned. And on that day, all joy will be complete. God's loud singing and excitement for his creation will burst forth and continue to create tangible experiences of gladness and mirth for us as his people. And as we anticipate that day, I pray God would strengthen us by his spirit to walk in his joy. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.